There was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee is to get us back to that point. All right? Let me just quote the late great Colonel Sanders. He said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. What is that? That's what she said. When you think about running through the tea at Nathan Stadium for the first time this Saturday, does that give you a little bit of chicken skin? Chicken skin, you know. You know what I'm making reference to when I say chicken skin? You're a southern boy. I ain't got no idea. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Good morning. Afternoon. Evening. Brunch time. Lunch time. Beautiful weather week in Knoxville, Tennessee time. We'd like it to be a tiny bit warmer this time of year time, but not going to complain about that time. John Morant in Tennessee time? Baseball postseason in Tennessee time? Cubs still have the best record in the National League time, even though the Braves have Austin Riley time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols. 24-7 podcast, West Rucker, Grant Ramey, Patrick Brown. Coming to you from the Fort Rucker sunroom. Still the sunroom, not the studio. Because of reasons that I just described to these gentlemen off the air. And we don't need to rehash on the air. Basically, a miscommunication. You ever have one of those guys? You just miscommunicate? Never. Well, you'd have to communicate to to miscommunicate, Grant. Right. Cover all bases. (laughs) Because what? Opinions are stupid, right? If you don't talk, then you can't have miscommunications. Because you. you don't have communications. Thank you. No, that's a good point. I wonder if we could have told teachers like that in college. You know what? I can't miscommunicate with you because I don't communicate. Meanwhile, I think we all went to the College of Communication, didn't we? Communication informa- and information. And information. <laughs> so we, I guess we're, supposed to, we're expected to communicate information. That's a good point. Um, I would like to communicate a shout-out, first of all, to... Uh, Grant's daughter. I won't say her name in case he wants to be like Ron Swanson. And wants Lily. To okay. Shout out to Lily Ramey for he likes, turning five. He likes names that rhyme. And graduating tonight. Graduate from what? Preschool. Wow. They have preschool graduations? Yes, they do. Are How's, you kidding me? <laughs> yes. She went to school for three years. Eat it. Do you get a cap and gown? Yes. That's, a, that's just a money How, is, that's a money. Is, that's a money trap. It costs nothing. To graduate. How, how is Mrs. Ramey handling this? <laughs> this uh, I'm worried about how Mr. Ramey's going to handle it. <laughs> She's going to be driving the, soon. The grant just admitted he has feelings. She'll be smarter than no, Grant in like two years. Never. She's already smarter than me. There you go. So congratulations there. Before we talk about some... Uh, Actually, some... I need to update my shout-out. Shout-out oh, to, yeah, to Lily for turning five and graduating. And graduating. How about that? It's Impressive. And I mentioned this uh, mentioned this in the a little bit in yesterday's Hoops podcast, but I'll mention it again for the football podcast. The reason we didn't have one last Friday is because uh, some scheduling issues. We know you're out of town. You're in New York. You're so cool. So you can give a shout-out and I can't? Is that, nope. what, is that what we're doing here? Nope. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to give a shout-out to, my, uh, to my, my best friend, Juan Pablo. This is a guy who is a great American story, only in America. Arrives as a, arrives in America at the age of about six, I believe, as a as an Ecuadorian immigrant. Did not speak much English at all. 
I had to repeat one grade in elementary school because he had to learn the language, which is an understandable reason. Uh, and despite all that, he, he learns the language. He becomes an American citizen. He graduates from high school and college. He moves to New York, gets a really good job working up there in Manhattan, uh, lives in Brooklyn. And as of last weekend at the Brooklyn Bridge, he became a married man. Proud of you, Juan Pablo. Love you, hermano. Was, was happy to be up there with you for that weekend uh, and uh, got to experience the Brooklyn hipster life. Got to go. Uh, pretty cool thing. Before the wedding ceremony, we, we met in Manhattan and we walked across the bridge, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, and then he got married at the base of it there. So, Which I didn't even know you could do. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So that, that was good. But because of that, there was no football podcast uh, late last week. So apologies for that. That was bad scheduling on our end. We couldn't get it communicated before we left because, again, we don't communicate. Uh, but uh, this is the time of year where if we're ever going to do that, hey, that's this is the time to do that because this is a, a, a dry-ish time of year for football, at least if you're not talking football recruiting. Uh, we'll have plenty of Tennessee football recruiting to talk about here in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, I will give a shout-out to the Tennessee baseball team, uh, which had a good weekend last weekend at Florida, took two of three from the Gators. That was a uh, a couple of uh, ranked teams, I believe, or, or Florida's not quite ranked, but um, two teams, uh, two teams fighting for their postseason lives. Are kinda. really, really needed to win that series to help solidify at large bids. And, and this is interesting, yeah, because Tennessee now, and, and again, by the time we tell you this, we don't know if Tennessee won the game Thursday night or not. The opener against Ole Miss—that's a three-game series Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Lindsey Nelson Another Stadium. Massive one, number fifteen, Ole Miss. Yeah, and here's what's interesting about this: Tennessee is ranked and has been ranked for pretty much two-thirds of the season or thereabouts, and but it's still just 12-15 and 15 in the SEC because that's how dominant the SEC is. So Tennessee has been ranked for two-thirds of the season, and Tony Vitello is still not absolutely sure that they're going to get in the NCAA tournament, which I would think if you're ranked for most of the season, I mean, I don't care what, what the, 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 the record is. When you look at their strength of schedule, their RPI, I think you gotta you gotta put them in, but the but the the they ran a graphic during the second Florida game last week, uh, and it said if you get to thirteen SEC wins since the league expanded, like sixty yeah. percent of those teams that have been able to get there, um, have made the NCAA have made a regional. Yeah, and it's not. And you would think if Tennessee gets there, they have enough. There are their numbers are good enough to get them there. There, I think there was I think one team last year got to thirteen and didn't get in. So. Uh, if they get one win against Ole Miss this weekend, if they win the series, they're almost probably a lock. But uh, if they get maybe one win, they may have to win one in, in Hoover. But yep, and and that would put them. You know, it, it's just it, it, it's not uncommon for the SEC to get double digit teams into the NCAA tournament. That's not uncommon because the SEC in baseball is just absolutely dominant uh, in baseball and softball. Both. And, but you know, if you're Tennessee, you can't take anything for granted. You haven't been in the NCAA tournament since 2005. Yeah, I mean, I was in high school. Them just going to Hoover is a nice step in the so right direction. They haven't done that since 2016, right? Yep. Hoover. Yep. yep. And then and, and they're it, sitting here entering the last series of the season with 37 wins, uh, more wins than they've had since that 2005 team went to Omaha. Yeah, and and they've got it's a couple of guys. If you've uh-huh. not if you've not watched them play much this season, this would be a nice time to 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 jump on it and go watch them because uh, don't ever do that again. I can do that if I want. <laughs> it's my house. If um, cancel the podcast, I'm leaving. It, it, I it's, quit. It's go ball. It, it's 24 seven sports Knoxville bureau headquarters. Um, so I can do what I want here. But if if you've not watched them, this is a good time to start watching them because Alaric Solari uh, is a heck of a fun baseball player to watch. He is that dude. He is near the top of the SEC in every offensive category. 
a kid from Texas, Juco signee. He's a sophomore. He's been doing an, a fantastic job. He's normally the left fielder, but he's played first base a little bit lately because they're both their top two first basemen are out with injuries right now. Uh, but again, they didn't make excuses. They just tweaked the lineup and they kept on kept on winning a little bit. Uh, and you've got a guy, a third baseman, Andre Lipsius, one of the two Lipsius twins. Uh, he's a guy who's got 15 home runs this year, which is more than anybody's had, I believe, since Kristen Stewart uh, from the Detroit Tigers uh, was at Tennessee a few years ago. Uh, he's he's a good thumper there in the middle of the lineup too. They play good defense. They've got some exciting young players. They've got a good coach in Tony Vitello, who Tennessee, I'm telling you, get him some money now, pay him a little bit more they now. Will. Someone's gonna come. Someone's gonna come after him. This guy is young, and uh, he is a good coach. And apparently, uh, if you talk to any woman in town, maybe the best looking man in the city of Knoxville. So, or most eligible bachelor in town. So, uh, uh, congratulations. Uh, to Tony Vitello for all of those things. And uh, we'll see what those guys do against Ole Miss this weekend. But we do have some other things to discuss. Football. Football, if I you guess, will. I guess the uh, they scheduled the Troy game last week, right? Yeah. So that, that, that non-conference schedule is complete. Uh, they'll open that season with Charlotte. Welcome back to the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, then they'll go to Oklahoma. Nah. Again, for some reason. Yeah. I they should have they done the... They really weren't thinking of the beat writers when they did that, were they? Or the fans. Jerks. Uh, but yeah. Fan, I don't know if I'll hear, but Oklahoma has, the, has had the last two Heisman winners. That's true. Both quarterbacks, too. Who do you think is going to be Alabama's... Uh, or who do you think is going to be Oklahoma's uh, transfer quarterback <laughs> star that year? Uh, It'll probably be the best backup quarterback in the country for this year. Perhaps. What year is that? 2020? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be the best backup quarterback in college football this year. Will then be Oklahoma's quarterback the next year and will be a tough opponent. And then we'll get drafted number one overall. Yeah. Tennessee will have picked the perfectly wrong time to schedule them. <laughs> That's true. As it usually turns out. Just like when, when just like whenever Tennessee adds SEC West teams, it's always right. at the worst time. It's always when Mississippi State hasn't lost in two years and Ole Miss is number three in the country. Yeah, I tried to make that joke years ago when Tennessee scheduled UConn in football. I was like, well, congratulations, UConn. You're back to being a nationally relevant because you're going to be playing Tennessee in a couple of years there. You're going to be you're going to be good. So, yeah, so that 2020 schedule is filled up. And uh, Troy is pretty good, by the way. Or um, they, they have been. They won at LSU a couple seasons yeah, ago. Always got a couple uh, of draft picks on on that team. Beat uh, Nebraska this past season. They have a new coach, Chip Lindsey, former almost Tennessee offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey. Yeah. Former Kansas offensive coordinator for like a couple weeks, Chip Lindsey. Yeah, that was brutal, man. And it brings back a lot of good memories from twenty. Feels like twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. What? Oh, when that's Troy right. Played. Yeah. When the Troy 50, came to Knoxville. The fifty-five forty-eight game. And yeah. it was seven hundred yards full offense in front of about fifty thousand people. And uh, Derek Dooley was handed the box score as he started his post-game press conference, and he looks down and he goes, fourteen hundred total yards. Jesus. <laughs> And he actually he goes, am I reading this yeah, right? He actually he actually might have been praying at that point. You know, you could say, is is he breaking a commandment there? Is he taking the name in vain? No, no, no. He's just praying because he just saw the numbers and went. And I gave up. Oh four. my gosh! I gave up seven hundred twenty-one yards to a middling Sun Belt team. But uh, we shout we, out South Missouri. Fun that, belt. That Ooh. was the fun belt. I, 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 can, I think we can say in the Jeremy Pruitt era, we're not going to see any Sun Belt teams putting up 700 yards on on Tennessee. I think if we that can. happens, he'll say something much worse during the post game. Oh yes. <laughs> that will take the orange and white game press conference from uh, 2018 and blow it out of the water. That would be an epic, epic press conference. Uh, but uh, speaking of Jeremy Pruitt and the press, he did 
uh, go on. Uh, did a little bit of did a little bit of radio this He's week. Done he, a couple of radio yeah, interviews. He it's... went on. He went on with one of my uh, disclosure. My brother from a darker mother, Jason Swain from the Swain Event, former radio co-host in town. One of my very good friends. He had uh, one of my best friends actually. He had um, he had Pruitt on his show earlier this week. And Pruitt said some interesting things. I mean, a lot of it's standard boilerplate stuff, but he did say, Pat, that uh, right now, the way he made it sound, like three quarters or more of his team stayed in town for many term, and and that's that's not a given every year. Yeah, it's it's this this stretch of May um, is usually one of the deader times of the year in, in college football. Um, for Tennessee uh, spring semester exams wrapped up last week, and summer classes the full session. And first, and you know, all that stuff doesn't start till May 30th. So uh, there's a couple of um, they have what they call mini term. Uh, and if you went to Tennessee, maybe you maybe you were involved in mini term. I think Grant and I met during mini term back in the day was, <laughs> at a sports it, broadcasting class. It was it was love at first uh, sight. Good memories. Uh, Sparks flew. With, uh, it's all been downhill since then. With a uh, with uh, Dr. Sam Swan, who is our uh, broadcasting teacher. Cue the sexy sax man. Um, playing george michael and so you get like three weeks of class uh i don't know it's funny that like you can take a class that other people have to take like for three months in the fall and you get to take it in three weeks seems kind of cheating but i don't know anyways um and and so you know this is one of the last chances of the year for players to you know go home get some downtime go see the family go see some friends all that kind of stuff and uh pruitt said that uh 55 players have decided to to stay up in knoxville and continue working out some of them are probably taking class. Some of them may, may not be. Uh, he's got some guys that are, you know, still doing rehab as well as as he mentioned. And uh, you'd think, well, I mean, fifty five, eighty five. That's not a high number, but they don't. They're not eighty five. Not at eighty five right now. Um, and fifty five healthy guys. Uh, and that's still, you know, they still got to add some of these new guys from uh, the rest of the incoming twenty nineteen class. So uh, that's pretty. Um, that's pretty. Big majority of the uh, of the roster. Yeah, and, and, um, didn't, and, and, and didn't we decide that he basically meant fifty five healthy guys? So there's probably a few banged pra, up guys. Who yeah, are you know, so maybe have, maybe more like sixty. We'll have to see what you know. I don't I don't know what, we, what to make of Jeremy Pruitt's math. Um, He's a football coach, not a, not a math. <laughs> and he he not a, is a football coach, not a mathetist. And his quote was, and I'm just going to paraphrase it: "Not a mathologist." Heck, I got nothing against going home, but why would you want to go home? We were home for the bowl season last year. We went home for spring break. We got to go to work. And, and he I, is we, a football guy. We've had enough breaks. <laughs> he, he is a hashtag football uh, guy. Uh, and I, I'm sure that he, I'm sure that he's not straight up calling out the guys who did go home. I mean, eh, they maybe might, he is. I don't they, know. they might have a family I'm circumstance sure he, that I'm, dictates it. You know, I'm sure he. You know, it's not like mandatory to stay. I mean, I'm sure he. You know, I'm sure he told his players that you know if you want to go home, you can. Um, but if you do, I'll kill you. But you <laughs> but can. If you do, I'll be mad and I'll call you out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know that you know. Well, I don't. I don't know that the guys that went home are gonna you know gonna be automatically entered in the transfer portal or anything like, like those, that. Like those quote involuntary workouts. Yeah, that, I mean know. it's like the, I mean, but if you're a player, I mean you 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 know you put in a lot of work over the course of the year. If you want to go home for a few days, it's fine. Yeah, the way I look at it is this: this is why things like the the mini term are so important to Tennessee. I wrote a column about this this week, actually. When you look at what Tennessee has to do, you think about how much Tennessee has to improve, and Tennessee's not trying to hit a moving target. Tennessee essentially fell behind the curve in football, kind of like falling out of a draft in a NASCAR race at like Daytona or Talladega. Once you lead, once that main pack leaves you, you know you call it the draft, I guess. In in NASCAR, you'd call it the the peloton, main peloton, in in cycling. 
it gets harder because those guys kind of push each other and keep going forward, and you you can't catch up. You can't even smell exhaust. That's how far back you are. Tennessee fell behind the curve at a time in the SEC when it was really, really, really bad to do that uh, because the rest of the traditionally elite or strong teams in the league either remained really good or elite or they improved and got back to that point or they maintained. Florida went through a little lull, then came back. Um, and, and then you look at the traditional doormats, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, those types, uh, you know, maybe your Mississippi States, teams like that, some old misses, they stepped up and became good. They, they became either moderately good, really good, or elite during that time, depending on which team you're talking about. So Tennessee picked a really bad time to, to, to do that. And, and so people think about, well, Tennessee's improved in the offseason. Well, guess what? So is Georgia. So has Bama. And those teams were a lot better than you to begin with. So you're not hitting a moving target. You're, tr- you're not hitting a stationary target. You're trying to hit a moving target. You have to catch up to the pack when they're doing that, when they're already moving too. And so if you're Tennessee, what does that mean? That means every single day is a day that you cannot waste. And here's the bad news. Tennessee goes into the offseason last year. Guess what? Nearly everyone else in the SEC went to a bowl game. Tennessee didn't. That's 15 practices that those teams got that Tennessee didn't get. So what did Jeremy Pruitt do? Well, he saw, his, he saw his wife and kids around the holidays for the first time in a while, got to spend some time with them. But even then, he spent that time trying to do things that he figured his rivals wouldn't have the time to do. Spend more time evaluating prospects. Spend more time catching up with some high school coaches, and, you know, high school coaches, and keeping those relationships strong. Um, you know, scouting future opponents. He tried to take that time and maximize it. And he took that time to sit there and assess everything that happened in the first year and know really what they had to do better going forward. But the bottom line is he tried to do some of those things and he did some of those things, but other teams still got to practice 15 times and he didn't. And so you're looking at that. So you're going into an off season trying to hit a moving target when that moving target got another chance to get even farther ahead of you. So that's why things like mini term matter, Pat and Grant is because I I think that's an opportunity where maybe somebody else, maybe Bama takes a, uh, exhales a little bit there. Maybe Georgia does. Maybe they take it just a little bit easier there for a couple weeks. And if you're Tennessee, you can't though, because you have to catch them. So what do you, what do you, what do you make of Dabba Swinney going all over the planet to every sporting event that there is? That's Sounds like he's relaxing. But I think what's different with Dabo is that he has those coordinators that he trusts and he, he's got those coaches who have been on his staff for a while and he's kind of a CEO anyway. So he just kind of, I think they're still coaching the team. And he's also running a kind of a faux NFL draft right now where he has all 32 of the first round picks. <laughs> yep. And, and well, in last year, in the form of a, but, but my, my point is class. that it, my point is that if Tennessee players are going home for five days at this time of year, I don't think it's well, but if they're going home for a couple of weeks, I mean, that's, that's different. Cause many terms, what, three weeks, something like that, something like three that. four weeks. But um, speaking of Dabo really quick, he did have a last year. I heard that going into the season, you know, it was either going into this season or the one before people were worried, you know, hey, had some success. Is this going to be a problem now? Are these guys going to be just as hungry going into the season? And then Jake Bentley, South Carolina's quarterback, had that really dumb quote about how he didn't think Clemson was better than South Carolina. And so that was plastered. I know someone in the Clemson program that was plastered all over the walls uh, <laughs> of the Clemson weight room. So that, what that, that, that coach went, you know, I was really worried about the offseason. Guess what? Now I'm not. I, so, I mean, little things like that, they, they find ways to motivate themselves. I think of, uh, I, I picture Nick Saban taking all these photos from Twitter of Dabo at 
Brewers games and NBA playoff games and all over the place. Hanging out with Joe Madden. And putting him on his mirror every morning and in like Rocky Four. Grabs him, crumples him up. Just a montage. <laughs> yeah, just like as he wakes up every day. Coming off hip surgery. He missed like two days. He had hip surgery. Uh, it was around the house and he was like, I. Two, day, two days in the guy's he life. Said he, oh, I can't, uh, can't said he around anymore. This is what you're trying to <laughs> catch. Had, he had like he had like a walker, and he was like, after two days, he was like, I got rid of that. I think he used a colorful language. Um, but I just picture Saban over there watching uh, Dabo do all this and be like, I'm coming for you. Yeah, you keep doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you enjoy your buffet circuit. Yeah, I was about to say. You Guess what's coming? Publicity. I'll see you in wherever the championship game is in but, January. But do you think Siberia. do you think at that <laughs> do you think at that same point Dabo's doing all this now because he's got nah, I've got Trevor Lawrence. I don't really need to. That's true. I don't really need to worry. I'm good for the next two years. Don't worry about it. Just don't have one of those Tom Brady uh get hit in your front knee and rip an ACL kind of injuries. He's like, nah, I'll be right there. I'm good. But yeah, the bottom line is if you're Tennessee, this is what you're trying to catch. And so when you hear things like, you know, 55 plus guys are staying in for many term. I think that shows that this, these players are hungry because this is the time of year where they can take some downtime and, and you wouldn't be able to blame them. I mean, they, they go year round. I mean, it's a, it's a year round full-time job. I mean, you look between now and the end of the season, they may have like what, maybe one other opportunity maybe to get any sort of downtime to go see their families. Yeah. Um, 4th of July, a couple of days. Yeah, basically it. Um, you know, they'll start, I'm sure they'll, they'll probably start, camp in late july with the season starting august 31st so um, media days mid-july yeah and so <sighs> you just our summer, our summer just started and it's like if, it's already you already see the the end point i think it's a good time more for the players and maybe some of the and we would have to know how many you know how many players stayed last year you know that's something that we we don't we don't know we don't know the year-to-year totals if there's been well like at least a, they have a strength coach in the offseason now and everything well, it's true. I mean, and that's the other part of it is if you're a player, you know, you know when you get back. So even if you do go home, you know you better keep your your butt in shape because when you get back, Craig Fitzgerald's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna give you a couple of days to get back acclimated if you went home. Um, uh, those guys are gonna push you hard right out of the gates, and uh, and so I, I think it's more so than maybe you know whatever Pruitt says about it. If if there's a lot of players that are staying here, it shows a hunger and dedication to. Uh, to be working towards next season at this point of the season when I, I think it's perfectly reasonable for a player to want to go home and see some family. And you know, these guys are college kids. They're not professionals. But you know who else has been putting on the, putting in the work? My guy. My guy. Your, your, your guy, Big Elijah Simmons? Big Elijah Simmons. Tennessee's uh, fire hydrant, cinder block, uh, defensive tackle, signee, nose guard signee. Kid from Apple of JJ Watts Yeah, kid from a uh, kid from one of the best named high schools in these United States, uh, the uh, Pearl Cone Entertainment Magnet High School. They are in Nashville, uh, the home of Ron Slay. A bunch of other former Vols have gone to Pearl Cone. It's it's a good it's a good school. Produces athletes. And uh, this kid, um, the backstory here, Pat, is that he's about six foot three fifty, give or take. And I hope for his sake he's not 350 because Tennessee's coaches want him showing up at 325, and he's going to be showing up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, because I think when – If he's at 350 now, Godspeed. The deal was Tennessee saw him at a camp and really liked him when he was about six foot 340, and he was moving really well despite being that size and showing some athleticism and being active on the front, having a really high motor. And Pruitt's like, I really like this guy, but he's kind of chubby. And the kid was basically like, I'm from Tennessee. I want an offer from Tennessee. That's where I want to go. And Pruitt said, okay. I'll offer you, but you have to get down to 325. Do we have a deal? And the kid said, yes, we have a deal. He commits just a couple days after he gets the offer. 
And uh, then I think it was on his official visit later in the winter where he was not yeah. not as close. Yeah, and and then Pruitt saw him about six months later when he came in and went, "Oh no, Elijah, how we, much? We how had much a do deal. How we much had a deal." And he said three fifty two. And Pruitt said we had a deal, and he's like, "Coach, I can still dunk though." And he's like, "Okay, you send me some videos," and he did. And um, I think it was after signing day they posted one video that was kind of a dunk. Dunkish. It was dunkish. Um, Alley oop dunkish. And, and this particular, uh, and this is in between. And, Pru- is, and, Pru- and Pruitt told him that's not a dunk. And in between, in between this, uh, Simmons went out on the stage of the NFL draft, and JJ Watt saw him behind Roger Goodell and was like, "I want to draft that guy. He's a monster. Look at him." <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he didn't even see the twenty four seven sports headshots of him <laughs> with, with the chain, with the chain, and with the most with the, with the widest head I've ever seen in my life. And his head takes up like the entire four by three photograph. There's no neck in the picture anywhere. <laughs> and then in the horizontal one, he's wearing a chain. I'm like, as soon as I saw that. I was like, I love everything about this kid. I hope he goes to Tennessee. This is my guy. Uh, and so on, uh, what was it? It was Wednesday night where he posted a video of himself. And this is an actual dunk, left-handed. Yeah. Um, and then he, in his euphoria of celebrating the dunk that was caught on video, takes the ball and basically just chucks it. Baseball throws it. Yeah. 90 feet. 90 feet. 90 feet. A full Splash. 90 feet. Splashed it. And put that a video out there on a, on internet.com, uh, Al Gore's internets. And... Uh, you know what? If, and if you don't know this kid too, uh, he's also on YouTube. He can sing. Great I'm singer. You, there is nothing about this kid that is not a hundred percent lovable. This kid is—he's my guy. And if he shows up and he's anything other than a big tank in the middle of the line of scrimmage, I will be personally offended because I—I'm sure Elijah Simmons will care. He should. Why wouldn't he? Wish there's an audible noise for eye rolls. <laughs> You're just rude, you know? You're just unnecessary. Um, I think rude. people on the the people watching this video, I was one of them, was quickly turning off the video after he saw the dunk. Yes. And missed the 90 footer. I had to go back and rewatch uh, to see the 90 footer. Was it you or Pat in the in our work text thread who said, Oh my God, did he actually make the shot? Well, because the video cuts off like as soon as the ball yeah. goes through the net. I don't think the person like, well, shooting the video was thinking that ball was going in. Yeah. And so we had to, it was one of y'all that in the text thread was like, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, he actually made the shot? Yeah, that was me. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. You're right. He did make the shot. I didn't even realize it either. None of us did at first. Um, but this is a kid who we, we're, we're making all these – we're having fun because he's just a fun kid to talk about. But in all seriousness, if you're arriving at Tennessee this year and you're a defensive lineman, guess what? You go out there and prove yourself, you're going to get a chance to play because Tennessee is replacing every starter up front. Uh, Tennessee has some numbers, but we've we've had this discussion throughout the spring – there are numbers there, but especially if Aubrey Solomon isn't named eligible, is it just a sack of potatoes? And and now you get a couple more guys into the mix. You know, you get a, you get a JUCO guy coming in, you get a couple of young guys coming in, and maybe you get some guys who can step up there, add more to the competition, and get Tennessee a better defensive line. Because Tennessee, I think, at the skill positions right now, is good enough to compete. Not good enough to, like, compete for any kind of a championship, even an SEC East title, nothing like that. But I think at the skill positions, by and large, Tennessee has enough to compete with most teams. It's the line of scrimmage where I think Tennessee still is hurting a little bit. So if guys like that can come in and help, all the better. Yeah, and and, and I've, I think we'll probably go more in depth on the incoming guys, probably maybe next week on the podcast. Um, teaser, spoiler, teaser, and another and and we've we've already started reaching out to some of these guys, and we'll have updates on them in the coming days and weeks. Uh, I know Ryan has written a couple things months already. Months for Wes, months. <laughs> 
True. And, and guess who got <laughs> guess who got Elijah? Uh, yeah, did you call him yet? Have you talked to him? I'm too excited. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. I'm too excited. <laughs> I got like uh, I got I got to calm down. I got I got to go. Got to get my pulse down. Ryan has already had a couple of uh, good updates on Henry. Well, that's his job. Toe toe. I think he told us that there's a new way to pronounce. Yeah, uh, we thought Henry it was to, we name. thought it was toe toe, but apparently it's not. Um, and we'll have to have Ryan on here to sound it out for us. Um, get Bob get Bob Kessler uh, on the show. I I talked to Roman Harrison this week. Um, on on FaceTime audio. There you go. He had a phone issue, but we made it work. Um, this dude, uh, I don't, this guy won a weightlifting, won a state, he, he's won two state titles in his past, in his senior year. So he's a little Garrett Maidenwald, basically. Um, he won a state football title playing defensive tackle. He's going to play outside linebacker at Tennessee. He's 6'1", 233. And then he, uh, he said he won a state weightlifting, uh, championship in Georgia this year. And his numbers that he threw up at this thing, let me look them up. Isn't he the one rocker or rump said was like country mean, country strong? Well, he's from Bainbridge, Georgia, which has a population of around 12,000. So yeah. a little tiny, uh, little tiny town. I think it's like halfway between Valdosta and Tallahassee. Bainbridge. There was a it's ten- southwest Georgia. I think that's where Devin Balkman, former Tennessee basketball player, uh, went, to, went to high school. Yeah, and so this is why this guy was not on anybody's recruiting radar. I think his only offer from a major Power 5 school before he went to camp at Tennessee last summer was Georgia Tech. Anyways, this guy said he hit 335 on power clean. Um, he was like, oh, I was really nothing. <laughs> Ramey, can you even do that? No comment. Uh, he said he benched 385. Also no comment. So if someone's like, do you even lift, bro? He's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, mean if you've seen lot. this. He's if like, yeah, this, yeah, bro. If you follow this guy on Twitter, you've probably seen shirtless pictures of him. He already looks like a Greek guy. Like, he, he looks like in better physical shape than a lot of Tennessee's current players. Yeah. Um, and so he's maybe, the kind, maybe he can be the strength coach, too. I asked him if he was going to be. He, he might actually be the buff hamster. He, he, is he going to be the one that you walk off the bus and you want to walk next to him when you walk off the bus? <laughs> yes. Uh, and I asked him if he said he was 233, and I asked him, do they want you to get any bigger? And he's like, yeah, they want me around 250. Like, you think it's going to be is this something you can do pretty easily in the summer? And he's like, I don't really put on weight like that. I'm already pretty fit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm fit. So, I'm fit, bro. Um, so, so basically for the vol walk, they're like, everybody else, you wear suits. Roman, you just don't, you go shirtless. shirtless. Yes. Here's a bunch of uh, baby oil, and you're going to walk around <laughs> intimidating people. Think uh, you can do that? And so, but I mean, this is a guy that has a chance to to come in. You know, they need they need help. You know, they, they'll take anybody. Uh, who's their second best pass rusher behind Daryl Taylor? I don't even know if they know. May, they're hoping maybe. I mean, it could be Batuli at the mic spot. It, you know, it, it could be. Um, you know, at it's times just, at times, Kevon Bennett looked pretty good in the spring. Yeah, I mean, they just you know they 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 need help there. He's a guy that that can help coming off the edge. He's got a great motor, um, and. I think he had like a 38, 39 inch vertical and ran like a four, six at two forty five at their camp last year. And that's when they were Jeez. like, oh, we got to have this guy. So, um, you know, and, and uh, Grant, I think you talked to Jackson Lampley and, and Sean Brown, Sean Brown's a guy that should have a chance to come in and play tight end. They need help there too. So, um, the funny thing was that Ramey got assigned and, and, one and, of the really quiet kids, because I can imagine that conversation <laughs> was two people on the phone, just nodding at each other. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That was pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Pulling teeth. Uh, <laughs> the, the best bo- bo- part. Bo- is, both guys got off the phone. Like, man, this guy doesn't say anything. The best part of Sean Brown is his coach uh, at Coosa High School, and the way he says Sean, it's more like Sean. 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 He's got Sean. <laughs> Sean Brown. I just, want, I just wanted to call his coach to see his coach talk because he's got that great uh, Atlanta suburbs accent. But the, so you've got 
you got a bunch of those guys. We're rolling out a bunch of these stories they, in uh, the coming weeks. All this is to to get to the point where um, most of these guys should be here by the end of the month. Um, summer classes at Tennessee start on May 30th, and I imagine that workouts will probably start around that time. I think May 28th is the popular date. Yeah, um, and they'll probably start maybe the next day or the same day as class. I don't know, but um, the only question mark that I th- – that I've heard so far is obviously Anthony Harris. We'll have to see what happens with him. The four-star safety, he's an academic question mark. Um, yes. But I think everybody else is slated to be arriving at Tennessee um, around that that May 28th, that week. Yeah, and, and speaking of guys that, that we all got assigned, Ryan does this to me every year. He gave me the guy who never answers his phone, Darrell Middleton. Basically, he gave me the guy who was like, every year Ryan does this. He's like, I'll take the guys that are easy to find. You take the guys that are hard to find. Classic Ryan move. But he gave you Elijah Simmons, so you can't complain. No, no, no. I demanded Elijah Simmons, Pat. It's, Ryan, it's, Ryan will vehemently deny this on the next podcast. Yes, he, he'll deny it. He'll deny it. But uh, no, he won't because even in this case, he was like, yeah, good luck. You can never get a hold of this kid. I was like, then why didn't you take him? But yeah, so basically I, I've got Middleton and I've got Elijah and, and a couple other guys. So we, we've divvied those up as we do every year. We got a bunch of that stuff with the signees to talk about. And uh, before we get out of here, we will talk a little bit more recruiting, hashtag recruiting jingle. There's a new commit. We need like a, we need like a, dun, 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 dun. something better than that. ABC breaking news. That was my breaking news. I, I prefer the NBA on NBC on song. Dun, 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 That's not dun, how it goes wrong. Dun, 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 dun. That is the NBA on NBC song. I think he's talking about actual sound clips, not you mimicking sound clips. Well, you're not a very good mimic. Okay, here's the thing. Imagine right now that you're hearing a breaking news jingle, basically. And uh, Pat Grant, who wants the floor to talk about the new commit? Art Green. I, I told Ryan he's good, got a, easy name. He's got a name like he plays safety for the 1978 <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. He's from the Duke, and he just walloped people. Art Green in the steel curtain. He's from the Duke. <laughs> Play the NFL music. I mean, this yeah, is a guy films. they they identified. Uh, they need obviously you always need help at defensive back. Uh, corner is a position they're probably not going to miss on because of who their head coach is yes. and the way they're going to evaluate their defensive backs. Uh, and he was kind of relatively uh, unknown. I don't think he had been ranked at the time or anything like that in the JUCO rankings, but Tennessee gets him on campus. Uh, he basically sees what he needs to see. Uh, he goes back home for like a day and a half, and he commits. I mean, that's how quickly uh, he took care of business. He said he didn't want to waste any time. He saw what he needed to see. Uh, he's from Hutchinson Community College. Obviously, everybody knows what, what Hutch is in, in the JUCO football ranks. Uh, and then he gets uh, ranked a couple days later. What is he, 6'2", 200? Uh, he gets a four-star rating, and he's the number one player in the JUCO rankings, uh, according to the 247 Sports Composite. So uh, that's a pretty good uh, evaluation, apparently, by this staff uh, and working fast to get him on campus and to add him to a, a 2020 class where they need, uh, obviously, you need as much talent as you can when you're trying to rebuild. Uh, at the rate they're trying to rebuild, we uh we're, we're starting to see sort of, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but we're starting to see what they want at, at their defensive back position. Right. Um, what what is it they call it? The uh, th- there's a word. Probably you're just gonna make it up. No, no, no. There's it's um. There, Saban uses it. Pruitt uses it too. Uh, when you're talking about basically the like the size sort of parameters you're looking for, basically the profile. Yeah, but they're, I'll, I'll figure it out in a second. Um, but yeah, I mean Green is uh six one two hundred um. Played uh, wide receiver in high school, which probably speaks to why his ball skills show up on film. I think he had what, like six interceptions in like eight games or something last year, something like that. Um, nobody's looking at me, so I'm probably wrong to correct me. 
Um, of course, Ryan's not here to correct me either. So, well, yeah. actually, well, actually, in high school, I'm reading something uh, that, that Barton put on uh, on our board this week. Um, yes, six interceptions, 19 tackles, um, six passes broken up. In, in high school, Green ran an 11:04 in the Hunters. It's pretty, pretty fast. fast, pretty good for a high school kid. Um, yeah. So there's some speed there, uh, long arms, faster, long than, faster than Ramey at the corner position. Um, That's right. Good ball skills. I mean, you see that with with uh, with these defensive backs that Tennessee wants. We saw with guys like Warren Burrell, Tyus Fields. They want versatility. Yep. Fields is a little bit, maybe a little bit more undersized. Maybe what they want. And in this, they want, they in, want long arms. In this corners. era of defense, you need guys with versatility. You, you need guys that can play corner. You need guys that can slide inside and play close to the box at the nickel and star spots. Maybe slide back to safety if they've got maybe more range. Money. Yeah. Ball skills are a must. Um. Long, you know, this length, height, yeah, length, length is is uh, you know, long arms. If you're trying to get to the ball, length is just as important. Yeah, and as height. so they they want guys. You know, this this is a straight out of the brochure. This is what we want. If 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 they had a if this, they had a want ad for this is a modern looking corner. Yeah, if they wanted a want ad, if they put out a want ad for defensive backs to put, come play Tennessee, putting them or putting out a, a want ad. It would a lot of the requirements would be would fit Art Green. Yeah, th- this is what they're looking for. And again, for people who have been kind of woe is me over the recruiting right now, we've talked about this before. I don't think it's at a worrisome spot now because I tend to look at first I, of all, it's May sixteenth. Yeah, and I, I'm a I'm usually a, a a glass you know half full kind of guy. I, I I look at things and I. I look at all those spots they have open for recruiting and I see opportunities. I also know that it's football recruiting and basketball recruiting. It's one thing because guys don't usually decommit, but in football guys decommit all the time, but you see it every week. So even though there are some guys out there who have committed other places, I guarantee you right now, Tennessee probably has a handful of signees that will be 2020 signees who right now on this day are committed somewhere else. It's just, that's the way it goes. So I'm not worried because I, when it comes to recruiting, I think this staff, as much of a premium as they put on recruiting, as much emphasis as they put on it, as much time, uh, as much detail as they put into it, I'm not worried about Pruitt and his staff in that way. I think the, you know, I mean, th- there are three national recruiters of the year on this staff. I'm pretty sure no other staff in the country can make that claim. That's bold. That that's big. But what, what Tennessee's having to recruit against though is is the, a lot of the programs they're going against have had a lot of success. Yeah, and those and, and that's that's and, the biggest. And the guys they want sometimes are going to go there. And, and I, I I've been bullish on the staff's recruiting ability as well. And I I think people that are getting um, I don't say skies falling, but they're getting that kind of way and starting to fret about recruiting. getting a little nervy. First of all, you need to remember it's May. Second of all, you need to remember what this this staff did in the last class, coming yeah. off a five and seven season. Yes. In December, they closed on Kavars Crouch, Eric Gray. Uh, in in February, it was. Toto and, and Darnell Wright. I mean, the staff, you know, uh, could they, you know, was missing on Tate Ratledge. That's not great. No. You they know, wanted they, him bad. But Rakeem, Tate's from Rakeem, Rome, Georgia. Rakeem, and... Rakeem Jarrett as well. Uh, the, those were kind of the two most recent blows. Right. But, I mean, if you look at this class they've got now, uh, I mean, they've got four four-stars and seven commits. And one of those commits is a, is a long snapper, even though long snappers are people too. And and, and one of the three star guys they that, they, that they they one, have one of the three star guys just got offered by Alabama. Morgan so, Cox is an all pro long snapper. He's made a lot of money long snapping in the NFL. So, um, and, and I think and, and I do think they need some in state guys to start falling. They're in some good they're in some good spots with some guys. Grant, you'll probably have better names than I, than I do. But um, if you want to mention any names, you don't have to. 
I mean, uh, I was but but if I was going back to Tate Ravage. This is a really good in-state class, and if they can get some some of those dominoes to start falling their way this summer, then it could be an end up uh, you know end up being a good looking class. But th- this is sort of the so Tennessee will have some guys that are that are pulling other schools' decals off the backs of their trucks. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, this is this is sort of the in between season where. Your first full class, you can kind of sell the future and the vision. You can yeah. guys jump on, jump on board this way, and this is sort of the the middle year where maybe some guys are in wait and see mode to see what kind of directions you you know what kind of steps you take on the field. I don't know that that's the reason that that they haven't gotten some of these guys, but when you're battling you know teams that are going to the playoff and teams that are competing for the SEC title, and you're you're five and seven and we're four and eight last year. I mean, it, it's you're you're fighting an uphill battle it's, in some cases, and um, you know obviously Georgia's recruiting really well right now. Yep. And it's gonna it's gonna take and, a lot for you to beat guys and is, out. And it's going to as long as Kirby's there. Yeah, and but you know, Tennessee beat some of those big names out for some of the guys last year. So Georgia won, I think, darn all right at some point, didn't they? Right? Right. Yep. So um, you know, you, I mean you, Alabama won him forever for a while. Yeah, and so they beat out plenty of these guys, you know, they beat out some of these guys to get some of these guys, and, and I'm sure they'll do the same in this class as well. Grant, you want to talk about Rallage. Yeah, t- I mean he's a kid from Rome, Georgia, and it's it's awesome that you're in the final two and it's Obviously, fans are not going to be fired up about finishing second for any prospect. Correct, uh, especially a an offensive line prospect that, that was rated as high as he was, and is go and has chosen your division rival, right. border state rival but over you. He's yeah. from Rome, Georgia, and he went a couple hours, hour and a half, whatever it was, to Athens and to to be part of that program that that Kirby's built. I mean, Kirby inherited a, a winning program that had been winning for years and years and years at a consistent. Yep. Rate, uh, they have not cycled down. They have just continued to keep building. So I know I don't. I don't think that's they're selling a sexy situation down there, right? right. Now. And it's 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 disappointing. I understand Tennessee fans being being upset about that one, but at the same time, it's hard to pull kids out of their backyard when it's that backyard. They just they need they need a big. And I'm not saying that Art Green's not a not a good pickup, but they need one of these guys that fans are maybe a little bit more familiar with to to pop. Right, more, and maybe that'll lead to more guys over more, the summer. More familiarity, which maybe is a word in, that no uh, coaches can yeah, pronounce. Yeah, like, like, familiarity. Inst- familiarity. like an in-state guy. Or um, you know, if they were to get good news on Justin Rogers on Monday. Another big that one would coming be, up. That would be... Um, Although, it, seems like, it seems like the crystal ball is saying he's going to pick Kentucky. Yeah, is, it seems like that's trending in a different direction um, now. But if, if you followed his recruitment at all, it seems like he likes whoever he visits last. And right. He's going to Georgia this weekend, I think. So. Right. Um, He's, he, he has kind of been all over the – I mean, during the, the orange and white weekend, there was a ton of momentum for him in Tennessee while he was on his Tennessee visit. Seems like weird that he would commit early when he's a guy who seems to well, like whoever he, he went he's last. he's going to commit to somebody on May 20th, and it's not going to be over by any stretch of the imagination. Well, kind of like when Chris Bogle committed to Alabama last year on the, the day of the All-American game in January, yeah. and everybody said this is not going to be over until February signing day, and he ends up in Florida. I yeah. mean, that's just some of those kids, the way they – Boy, that class is looking good, isn't it? The way the way their recruitment goes, uh, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, Oof. I mean, Patrick's right with the the, the in-state products, the 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 Tyler Barons, the uh, Keishawn Lawrence, Cooper Mays. I mean, there's there's a ton of talent in this state right now, and and guys that they've put themselves uh, in position with Trayvon Ribka, et cetera, et cetera. Go down the list. Uh, Omari Thomas. I mean, there's a lot of names. There's a Hardy kid at McCauley, right? Board, right? And I mean, they they've put themselves in good spots. So, and I think last year, I think we talked about this. I, I think last year again, it's going to be May. Last year, Pruitt and his staff were not. I think it's fair to say that last year, Pruitt and his staff were not as sold on some of the top prospects in Tennessee 
as both our evaluators and other schools were. They just didn't love them as fits at Tennessee. I think this class in the state is different. I think they do like a lot of these guys. But they're more familiar with these guys because they've been recruiting them even go back to last well, I year. Still, I also think they just kind of fit their 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 the kind of what they're looking for. I think I think there's better yeah. fits they feel like in this class. But, you know, I, I think I, I would hope this before we get out of here, I'll say this. I, I, I think with recruiting right now, I, I think our staff in particular, you know, in, especially in this market, I think we've developed a pretty good reputation as telling you as telling people when there's a problem. I think we've got a pretty good track record of saying, hey, guys, this doesn't look good. Or, hey, guys, there are problems here. You're not going about th- a thousand in recruiting. No, no. But I think right now, I think this staff has deserves the benefit of the doubt for like our staff go Vols 24 seven for saying when we think something's not going well, we've got a pretty good track record in the past of saying, Nope, this thing's not going to work out. This is not looking good. And I don't think any of us right now are anywhere near that point with this recruiting class. I don't I, think there are alarm bells for any of us right now. I, I don't want to speak. Y'all can speak for yourselves. Certainly. But I just, I don't, I, I definitely don't, I don't, don't want you it. speaking for me. That's what um, I'm saying. Take the floor. I, I would say that one of the last things I would be concerned about with the staff is recruiting, just to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're going to trust. Just... They're going to trust their evaluations, and I mean the the last staff at Tennessee got a lot of talent in the door and didn't do anything with it. Uh, so it's it's one thing to recruit and sign talented players; it's another thing to turn those into productive football players in a good football program, and to make sure they're a fit with everything you want on and off the field when you bring them in. And it's still in the very much infant stages of what they're trying to build because it's going to take a while because Tennessee is where it is. And the rest of the SEC is I mean, where it is. Go ahead. That's it. I mean, it's going to take a while. This is it, not going to be easy. And you look at, I mean, if you need any further proof of what this staff can do, I mean, there was, well, were they 12th in the rankings last year? Yes. You compare, you look at the teams that were around them in the top 15. They were, they were the only team in the top 15 that was coming off a losing season. Yeah, them and Florida State. Uh, Florida State wasn't in the top 15. Florida State was back down in the 20th. Oh, that 20th. class did kind of tank down there toward um, the end, didn't it? You know, they're behind three of the playoff teams. They Good finished, fact check. They finished, Good fact check, Pat. Good job. They were ahead of Ohio State and Washington who won their leagues. Um, you know, pretty much every team that finished ahead or around them either was like winning their league, winning 10 games, or winning at least nine games. Uh, and I think the two nine-win teams were Oregon and Texas A&M. And those have all, you know, Jimbo Fisher always recruits well. Texas A&M is always, you know, always recruits well. Yeah, they, um, they, they print their own money down there with or, facilities Oregon, and stuff. Oregon's probably the best recruiting program on the West Coast with USC sort of in disarray. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, that's that's just, you know, that's what the staff did coming off of five and seven seasons. But Oregon's so. coming in and offered the kid from uh, Greenback. They're, they're in Blount County that Tennessee is still not. Blount County, San. And if you're Tennessee, still not quite, you know, it's not Blount County jumped on. the reality is you're probably never. True. You're, you're, if you're Tennessee, you're probably. Don't tell me about Greenback. we got a farm there. The reality is you're probably not going to recruit as well as, as Alabama and Georgia because pretty much no one is right now. Um, it's tough, you know, LSU's got a lot of built-in advantages. Um, Texas A&M is always going to recruit well because they've got a huge base, and Jim Fisher knows what he's doing. And so you're you're basically you know you're trying to beat out Auburn and Florida and you know South Carolina and some of those teams. Those yeah. are who you're trying to finish ahead of it, at least at this point. What they're not doing right now is panicking and taking guys that they might you know because if they need to, there might be guys that have committed to say UCF or Cincinnati or somewhere that if they they but they like. And at the end of the day, if it's like December they might go and try to get a couple of those guys. They're nowhere near that there. They're still swinging for the top parts of their board right now. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they don't have as many numbers. But I, I think I'll, I'll speak for myself. I, I, if I thought there was a legitimate reason. That, 
true. If I thought there were legitimate reason for concern right now, I would tell you that. And it's not even on my radar right now as far as potential. I mean, I think there are a million concerns about Tennessee on the field this season, and we've all been honest about that. Uh, but in this particular recruiting class, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I, I don't – maybe maybe y'all are. Either one of y'all want to go ahead and take it to negative town here? No. I got no. nothing. You got nothing else? I quit. Was there anything else? We had a, we had a rough outline. Was there anything else we were going to discuss here? a very here? rough outline. I think we're good. Think so? I got nothing. Really? Nothing? Not Zips. once? Not one thing? Oh, wait. Nice day outside. You did have one thing? No. Uh, I was going to shout out to uh, Ethan Wolf. Yeah, there you go. Went Wolf. to uh, Wolf. Wolf. Ethan Wolf. Um, Wolf. Not the one that's going to Georgia. Um, the one that is uh, got a tryout with the Panthers and convinced them to give him a one-year deal. Yeah. Good for him. Getting paid. Um, so he was uh, with the Titans and the Packers on the Packers practice by last year. So he's getting a chance. He'll get a chance, I guess, this offseason. Uh, and one of our favorite former players, the three of us, the ultimate warrior. The ultimate, yeah. ultimate jumper. The ultimate jumper. Colton Jumper has resigned with the Saints. You know what? If I had remembered that, I totally would have brought up the song. I, I, I thought about I trying to get your there. attention, but I just determined that would we would probably have a miscommunication since you're not very good at communicating. Actually, you know what I'm going to do real quick? Here's Don't a, do it. Don't do what? Are you going to pull it up? Yeah. I'm There's a big thing it. outside your house about to tear stuff down. Is that Gary. One? Gary the Groundhog. Is that Gary? He's out there? No, That's sad. fine. Well, guys, you know what? They've said don't do it, so I won't do it. I'll listen. I won't do it. I'll just say thanks for tuning in this week. We will be back next week, as always. Uh, we'll have a Ramey free edition since he will be uh, at the beach toting around his seven or eight kids, whatever it is that he has now. Uh, but the rest of us should be here. You New can, preschool graduate, Lily. There you go. You can find all of us at GoVols247.com. Got a lot of stuff going on right now. Got a good 30% annual uh, subscription deal going on right now. Check that out. Good stuff there. GoVols247.com. You can get all of us on social media. Uh, I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can find all of us uh, without our personal BS. You can find just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir, at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash govals 24-7. These two gentlemen sitting at the table here with me have done a great job with our Facebook page as well as our national desk. So go check that out. Lots of good stuff for freeloaders there. And remember, govals 247com You can get anything. You can get lots of stuff for free. But there's some stuff that you're going to have to pay us money to see. So we offer something for freeloaders. We offer plenty for paying subscribers. We offer a little bit for everyone. Pat, any final thoughts? No. Not even about John Morant? Nope.